Amen, Jenny. She's always a blessing. Praise God for Calvary, too, right? I'm not going to be like Dean and say that wasn't that good, but it wasn't. Praise God for Calvary, right? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dean. What a wonderful opportunity it is to just speak on the Lord's behalf just because of what he's done for us. I, um, I'm really thankful that the Lord is in my life, and I know those here that he's in your life are really thankful, aren't we? But let's pray before we have a message. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that Calvary paid it all, Lord. That you took our sins and you nailed them to the cross as your hands were being nailed and your feet were being nailed. Our sins were being nailed. And we come to you, those who know you this this morning, Lord, as uh, saved. Praise God for that, Lord. And as we Go through your scripture, Lord. We pray that you would speak to each one of us, Lord. You know the hearts, and praise God, you know the hearts of all those that are here. And we pray that your word would penetrate a heart exactly the way you intended to, and that they would respond accordingly. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um, Some kids, they were, they, a lot of tests were taken this past week, and I think it was Saturday, and I think it was the uh, PSAT test. And now I have, you know, I just want to have, I have a test for each one of us this morning. And my test is the CSAT test. <laughs> it's uh, the common sense aptitude test. Now, just bear with me. You must go to work or else. Blank. Or else. Right. And you won't what? Eat. Common sense. Second question. And Morgan knows this one. If you want to get your Department of Motor Vehicles driving permit, you must blank. You must pass the test. Third question. If the game starts at 10 a.m. and it's on Channel 55 and you want to see it live from the beginning... You must what? Turn it to channel 55 at 10 a.m. Right? Common sense. Praise God for that. You guys are really bright. Your your flight leaves at 10 a.m. You must get to the airport before 9.50 or after 10.15. I pray for those that said after 10.15. Now, we are getting a little harder now. You want to look like Adel when you're 74, what must you eat and do? You get it? Talking about a common sense crowd. Broccoli and you run 100 miles or walk 100 miles a day at superhuman speeds. Last question. Last one. You must do the following if you want to sing like Randy. Good luck. <laughs>
There's nothing you can do. <laughs> you guys blew that one. <laughs> now, funny, but I think we all realize there's certain things that we must do. Don't we? Certain things we must do. And if we don't do them, there's consequences. You don't get to the airport on time. You missed a plane. You don't pass the test. You flunk. I had a test that I had to get 60% at on a test for a real estate license. I've heard of people who got 59, 58, 57, and they got a rejection letter in the mail. They didn't pass the test. That was the consequence. So let's read some verses. Let's open up the scriptures to John chapter 3. And I think I'm going to read all the verses quickly, just so you have it planted in your mind, this story. It's a great story about Nicodemus. And I think those that are really the scholars here have already connected the dots and know where this message is going. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and being born again, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of, the, of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak that which we know and bear witness of that which we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, even the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes may in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the judgment that the light is come into the world and men love the darkness Rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who practices the truth 
comes to the light that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. And God is real thankful that he can give such a deep message in 22 verses, 21 verses. I'm thankful for that passage. Now, we caught it, didn't we? We caught the connection. There's two verses in this passage that I think I'd like you to just focus on real quickly. Is verse number seven, where it says, marvel not, do not be surprised. And this is a amplified version. It says, marvel not, do not be surprised, astonished at my telling you, you must all be born again. All be born again. And then verse 14, it says, just as Moses lifted up a serpent in the desert, on a pole, so must, so it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. You must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus came to him at night, and Nicodemus had some questions for the Savior. And it's amazing how he approached him, how he came up to the Savior, and he asked him, or he just really commented about him being a teacher and a great teacher. He says, you're obviously from God because of the things that you do. But he saw him as a great teacher. And isn't it very interesting? I think it's incredibly interesting to really note that these verses don't connect real well when you read them. Because Nicodemus is saying to them, he says, he came and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher for no one can do these things can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, he's telling Jesus, you're a great man. You're a great teacher. These miracles are really touching the world and people. And I'm with my buddies, the Pharisees, and we're going over and looking at these results and looking at what you're doing. And we're saying, wow, what a great teacher. Nicodemus was a teacher. He was qualified to recognize a teacher. He thought. He looked at him and said, you know, we've been discussing you amongst the group. And you're a great teacher. And the Pharisees had already knew because they studied the scriptures that a Messiah was coming and a Messiah was going to reign and that they were going to be given in their minds some authority. So maybe he was coming to ask Jesus, well, are you the one so you can put us up on the pedestal? Maybe. I don't know. But Jesus came right to the heart. He didn't deal with this teacher bit. Jesus was saying, as it were, it does not help to say nice things, Nicodemus. You need more than a teacher. You need a savior, one who can give you a new life. You need a second birth. He didn't mince any words. You know why? Go to chapter 2. And the last two verses, 23 and 24, just turn the page or maybe it's on the same page. And you get to see what truly is the condition of humanity in the sight of God. We truly understand where we are in God's eyes. Because if you look at 24, it says, after he had done some miracles and the people were, yeah, 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 we love you, Jesus, you're the greatest. He says, but Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them, for he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to bear witness concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. When Nicodemus came and he's telling them all these accolades about who you are, teacher, teacher, I love you, you're the greatest, whatever. He says, you need to be born again. 
I know what's in you. I know what you lack. I know what you don't have. I know you don't know me. You don't really understand. I am the Messiah. People look at Jesus today and they say, Ooh, what a great teacher. A great man. Beautiful. Anybody in here think that? There could be. And he says to you, you must be born again. I don't want to hear that. You missed the point. I'm the Savior. I'm the Messiah. I've come. I paid for your sins. You must be born again. And I love that Jesus went straight in and didn't mince any words and didn't play. Why did he not play? Because he knows that's the most important decision any person can make in their life. And without making that decision, you will never see or enter the kingdom of heaven. And he says it. You can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you be born again. You can't even enter it. And that's a big deal to God that we enter it and see it. It's a big deal to him, guys. It really is. People get up here and you read the scriptures and people share to you because they love you so much and they share about the love of Christ. It's a big deal to God where we end up. It was a big deal to God where Nicodemus ended up that day. It was a big deal to God that Nicodemus understood that it's not about teaching. It's about salvation. He said, you must be born again. And I was asking my daughter about, you know, you know, it's great to ask kids about being born again. You know, what is born again? And my daughter said it so quickly. I just love it. She says, getting a second chance. I love that. Do you know that that's what God did? I want to give you, Jennifer, a second chance. Alan, a second chance. I want to give you a second chance to have a relationship with me because the relationship was broken and it was talked about. It's been talked about in the breaking of bread, which is a beauty about Christ going across and dying for our sins. And immediately when Adam sinned, the plan of redemption was already put into place. He says you must be born again or you will not see the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the rule of God in the heart. It's the rule of God. It's God residing in us. It's God living in us. And he says, you will not have that. You can't have that unless you be born again. Now, why is it so important that we are born again? I mean, really, why is it so important? What's the big deal about being born again? I was reading something that Billy Graham quoted. He quoted a French philosopher that once said, the whole world is on a mad quest for security and happiness. A former president of Harvard University observed, the world is searching for a creed to believe and a song to sing. A Texas millionaire confided, I thought money could buy happiness. I have miserably been miserably disillusioned. A famous film star broke down. I have money, beauty, glamour, and popularity. I should be the happiest woman in the world, but I am miserable. Why? One of Britain's top social leaders said, I have lost all desire to live, 
yet I have everything to live for. Had everything. Ironside said it wouldn't even make a difference if we could get a second chance. Because we notice in verse 4, Nicodemus said, how can a man be born again? Can he enter his, his mother's womb again? Can he come out? Do you know what a second chance for most of us is? Is being born again. Being born as a child and having another shot at it. Do you know if I had another shot at it, I'd blow it. I'd blow it. If we had another shot of it, we would blow it the same way. We wouldn't be able to not blow it. Nicodemus thinks, well, are you talking about giving me another chance? Because I want another chance. Nicodemus wanted another chance. When Jesus said that, I believe it stirred in him something. You mean I can get another chance at this? You mean I can get another chance? Maybe I don't have to be a Pharisee. Maybe I don't have to live in the household I live in. Maybe I don't have to deal with the things I deal with. I'd like another chance. People want another chance. They do. You look at people and you ask them point blank with nobody around, would you like another shot at this? Would you like to have another go around and you try to do this again? Would you like to do it again? Would you? And they'd honestly say, you know what? I really would because this is a drag, this life. I don't like this. I don't like my job. I don't like my family. I don't like this, this. And they just name them all. If they're honest, they'll tell you, give me another shot at it. And when Nicodemus came to the Lord and asked him that, Lord says, I assure you and solemnly tell you, unless a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He says, well, you don't need another shot. You don't get it. You need to be born again. You need another life. And the life, unless he's born of water and spirit, he cannot. He said, only happens through the word and spirit. Now, I love that because when you research that and look at it, he says born of water. He means the word of God. The word of God is the key to penetrating our hearts. And that's why I read all of the scriptures this morning. I read all 21 verses because I pray and hope that those verses, the word of God, not me, his word would pierce your heart and tell you in your heart, you must be born again. That's not for me. These are the Lord's words. This is God's writing. You must be born again. He says, if it doesn't happen through water and spirit, it will not happen. Water meaning the word of God. The word of God affects people's lives. It penetrates. It tells us the truth. It leads us to Christ. Let me give you a couple verses. Jesus answered her. He says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, which means his words, everybody who believes what I say, will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Second Chronicles 36.15 says, The Lord, the God of the fathers, sent word to them through his messengers again and again because he had pity on his people and on his dwelling place. 
He sends his word again and again and again. He's like the ever-ready battery or that little bunny thing that keeps coming and going. And he does. And since the beginning of time, when Adam sinned, he's been sending out his word again. And men and women of God again and again saying, come to me. Come to me. You must be born again. You must be born again. I want you to enter the kingdom. You must be born again. Over and over. And then it says the spirit. Because when we are born again, then the spirit comes in us. And that's where the change happens. That's where the miracle happens. God says the word of God will convict and open you up. And then when you invite me in, my spirit now has residence with you. And my spirit is what changes you and is the miracle of miracles. And that's why he mentioned about the wind, how you see the effects of the wind, but you don't see the wind. You don't see the spirit. Can you see the spirit? I was driving the other day and I saw some leaves in front of me just spinning like this. I didn't see the wind, but I saw the effects of the wind. And it's what the Spirit does. It says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Do you know it's all about the joy and the hope? When it says in that verse that God sees us and knows us, he does. He sees each one of us so intimately, it's mind-boggling what he sees. Every ounce of us, everything is involved. He knows every thought, every action, every thought we will have. He knows our position and our condition right now. And he's saying to somebody today, I know he is, you must be born again. You want to have fellowship with me? You want to have my spirit come into you? You want to have the joy? You want to have the hope? You want to have the peace? You must be born again. There is no option. I talked about must earlier. You want to get to the airport at 10 o'clock when the plane leaves at 9 o'clock? Go ahead. But you're going to be disappointed. Dave, if you want to be married at 3.30 and you get there at 4 o'clock, you're going to have a mad wife on your hands. You must get there on time or else. Now, some things are funny. If I miss a TV program at 9.30, it's not a big deal. If I miss my flight, it might not be that big of a deal, but if I'm going to something real important and my life is on the line, a job is on the line, or somebody else is on the line, it could be a big deal. But I guarantee you it's not a big deal as much as if the train comes and Jesus is all aboard and you're not born again, you're not getting on board. And that's not because of Jesus. 
He says again and again, I send my prophets again and again. I preach again and again. I keep, I'm long-suffering. I keep giving you the word. I keep encouraging. I keep drawing all men to me. I keep giving them the word of God. I keep trying to impue in them the Spirit and the power to come to me. And I keep drawing all men. And people will still reject him. It's frightening when you think about it. Because... There's a lot of things that we must do, but it won't cost us our life. And it won't affect our eternal destination. But this one will. This is a must of must. You must be born again. Isn't that great? Jesus didn't give him this long dissertation about how to do it. I mean, he didn't go into it. Nicodemus, I got it. I, I, I got what you're saying. You must be born again, though. And Nicodemus, he couldn't deal with it. And he had a conversation, which was beautiful. And we'll touch a couple other things. But one of the things I want, to want you to understand is something it's very important, is that born again is real clear in the scriptures. But born again is not what some people think it is. Some people think it's church attendance. You can be born again. All I have to do is come to church and I will have the ticket to heaven. Some people come once a year, twice a year, three times a year, and they really think that's the ticket. Some people come a lot more. Some people come every Sunday and maybe another time during the week and maybe even all the meetings. You cannot be born again by attending church. It is not church that gives you the ticket. And it's not by good works. Well, I'm really good. You should see what I do with my kids. You should see how I deal with my boss. I'm really good. I'm fair. Ten o'clock, I'm supposed to be there. I get there at 9.59. I'm good. I'm a good worker. I'm really good. You know, somebody gives me a dollar back in the store. That's too much. I give it back to them. That's good. That's good. Praise God. But that does not give you the ticket to heaven. No entry to heaven. He says, no, you must be born again. And born again is not by being good. It's not by baptism. I was reading about some people who think that baptism gets you entry. To, you just get baptized and automatically bingo. You're, in, well, you, you're telling me you bring up this criminal and you put him in the bath and you clean him up. And he's like, well, this is great. He's going to heaven without loving our God, without repenting. There's no way. Baths don't save. Going underwater doesn't save a person. And it's not by volunteering. And it's not by reading the Bible. Praise God, the Bible will draw us to him. But it doesn't save us until we make a decision to be born again. And it's not by gifts to the church, although all the gifts are welcome. It's not by confession to a priest. It's not by paying taxes and it's not by living a couple different lives either. And it's like, how do you know you were born again? I love, I read something a while back by Spurgeon. He says there must be a radical change in a life. And I love it. I couldn't find it because my computer was acting up. But I remember it. He said, the things that you used to love, you hate. And the things you used to hate, you love. Radical. 
Like, whoa, I used to love that. Now I hate it. What happened? The wind is blowing. I don't understand it. Why do I hate the things I used to love? And why do I love the things I used to hate? Why do I do that? It's because the Spirit of God has come in you and changed you into a new man or a new woman. Make a complete turnaround. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like the consummation of vows, isn't it, in the marriage? We say, I do to God. We say we repent and give our lives, take my life, and God says, I will make you born again, give you another chance, make you whole. It's like vows. It's like going to God and say, you know, consummation of a marriage. I love that. And it's a good day for a marriage. Right, Dave? And you look at Paul and you want to see a testimony. Listen to this. This is Paul talking. He was dark and then he came to a knowledge of Christ. He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. And yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with faith and love, which are found in Christ Jesus. Love it when we hear a phone. You think that maybe the Lord is calling. He has a message for us. So answer that outside, though. Maybe praise God, though. But I'm thankful when I was listening to Candace. I was going to write it down and quote her, but this is kind of a quote. It says, the life I was living was not pleasing to God, and God wanted me to give up three things. And he, she said, I'm willing, take me, Lord. Change me. And she said, he did. And she said, I'm no longer the same. Are you no longer the same or are you the same? Because if you're the same, you're not born again. Are you the same? You can't be born again. Because when God, Holy Spirit, the same power that they say raised Christ from the dead is in us. And that's why I'm telling you, that's why when there's a change, it's radical. Because you can't tell me a person that just goes out in the world and enjoys the world, all of a sudden it's like they wake up, it's like, whoa, I'm not going to do that any longer. I've made a decision not to do that. No way in the world we don't have that power to do that. Only through Christ's power can we do that. And then it was great. Moore said, I, I gave my life to Christ and he changed me. I used to drink. And now I want to please God. Radical change. Sonny, radical change, even though he didn't want to give his testimony. <laughs> Wednesday. <laughs> well, let's move on. Sorry, Sonny. But what do we need to be born again? And I think there's a million verses. It says, so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And then in Mark, it says, the time has come. He said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. 
And then Luke 13, 3 says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Sobering. Acts 17, 30 says, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. He commands. He says at one point, he overlooked the ignorance. But there's no overlooking ignorance anymore. The Bible is preached everywhere in the world. The scriptures are available to all. The word of God is preached with power everywhere. There is no excuse for not being born again today. There is no excuse for anybody except, like it says, is that men love darkness more than light. And that's it. The only reason I'm not coming to Christ is because I love sin more than I love God. But he tries to penetrate us with the word of God to draw us to him, to say, I have a better life for you. Candace will tell you, anybody in here will stand up and tell you, my life is better because of Christ. And isn't it beautiful for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's a love. I love you. He says that to all of us. I want you to be born again because I love you. I went to the cross and died because I love you. I wanted to rescue you. I wanted to save you. I wanted you to go to paradise to be with me. There's going to be a day we'll be walking the streets of heaven. Do we get that? All this stuff that we deal with here, gone. Over. Done. History. Walking with God. And he says, this is yours. It's mine. Be born again and you can have it. Accept this free gift and you can have it. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Everybody in here, we must be born again. Or else we can't see or enter the kingdom. The gates will be locked. They'll be closed. No entry. It says you won't even see it. There'll be a chasm between us. In hell, you will not see it. You must be born again. And as he says, just as Moses lifted up a serpent in the desert, so it must the Son of Man be lifted up on a cross. I love that. That story in the Old Testament where Moses lifted up a brass serpent. He says, all who look will be saved. And Jesus says, I'm up on the cross. All you have to do is look, repent, believe, and you'll be saved. Is that really hard? I love how Jesus makes it really clear to Nicodemus. The only reason it's hard, he says it over and over. He says, it's because of the sin. It's because of the evil. Because we love evil. That's what stops people from entrance. We don't want to give up the life. Do you want to give up that life today? Candace said there's three things. The Lord's been telling me those three things got to go, have to go. Kenneth said, I got to a point where I said, okay, take me, Lord. I don't want them anymore. I'm willing to give up those three things for you. What three things do you have today? Or one thing or a hundred things. 
that is stopping you from accepting the free gift of being born again. What is it? And the Spirit of God right now is definitely talking to you. And believe me, he has to talk to you because he loves you. Because it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. but have That's God's plan. I don't want you to perish. That's his words to each one of us today. I don't want you to perish in your sins. I want you to live with me forever. But you must be born again. You must say, I don't want this life anymore. Just like Candace. It's not acceptable. I don't want it. I want a relationship with you. Can we say that? Has everybody in here said that? Do you know you said that? Do you know it? Do you absolutely know you said that? Because if you don't know it, do you really understand what price is going to be paid for your not getting the fact that God has been knocking on your door and telling you for years and years and years, you are not born again. You are not born again. You are not born again. Look at your life. Look at your life. Look at your life. And he says it in love. He says, because he didn't come to judge the world, but that the world would be saved through him. He did not come to judge us, to convict us, to beat us, to do anything to harm us. He came to love us. He came to die for us. Two last questions. We had the questions in your past. Well, some flunk with the Randy question. Some of you thought, I can get some some lessons and I can be good. Well, I don't think so. (laughs) Some things we just can't do. But do you truly believe that you must be born again? That's the first question. Do you truly believe that, first of all, that you must be born again to enter the kingdom? Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe that, in your heart, ask the Lord, help me to believe that truth. Do not let me leave here without understanding that I must be born again. Because what a catastrophe to keep hearing the message about being born again and to say, I don't believe it. I don't believe that message. Do you believe it? And the second question is, are you absolutely sure you are born again? Does your life show the fruits of salvation? Are you absolutely sure? Because this is not one of these things that you fill in the blank and you get it wrong. And you have another chance. To take the test again. It was nine people who traveled on that wonderful, not wonderful, it was a pretty historic flight, Flight 93 on September 11th. There was nine people. And what they had in common was all of them didn't anticipate that they were getting on that flight. Read you a couple of them. The pilot, Jason, 
had something coming with many of the passengers. He hadn't been scheduled for this flight, but was trying to get in extra hours so he could take time off for his anniversary. 20-year-old Nicole Miller was going home after a spur-of-the-moment weekend with a close friend. Booking at the last minute, she couldn't get on his flight, but flight 93 was wide open. A toy company manager, Lou, booked his seat the night before. He had a customer on the coast with an inventory problem and offered to fly out first thing Tuesday to fix the problem. Dr. Weisberg, he was debating whether to send a subordinate or in the end he said, you know, it's my responsibility. I better go. Environmental lawyer Alan Beaven with a five-year-old daughter and two sons was racing to California to repair the damage after a settlement deal collapsed. Todd Beamer wasn't, wasn't normally one to wait till the last minute to fly out for same day. But he had just gotten back from Italy, so he decided he wanted to spend some time with his kids that night and have a little more time before he flew out. So he decided to try to crunch his travel in the morning. Now, Jeremy was a brand-new father. He was supposed to leave Monday night, but there were problems at the airport, and he decided to wait till Tuesday morning. What do we think? We think we really have it together. We really can just orchestrate and, 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 and dictate our lives and just basically choose dates and times and think they're all going to work. These were people on a flight, and there were people on all the other flights. If you can get all the flights and all the people, you'll find that how many people did not intend to be somewhere, and they were there. And their life was out, over. Train left. Ticket? No ticket. He says, you must be born again. He says, you must be born again because I'm not willing that any be lost. I'm not willing that any would suffer the agony of going to hell. Because that's the option. When we talk about what you must do, you have to talk about what will happen if you don't do what you must do. And if you don't do what you must do, which is be born again, then you choose hell. He did not choose hell. We choose hell. As a consequence of not doing what we must do. You must be born again or else the payment, the price is too heavy. And God says, I love you too much. And he keeps saying, I love you again and again. I love you. We need to respond. Or the plane's going to leave. And we're going to get there without a ticket. And there's no other chance. Last thing I'll say is, let's just add one word to that. You must be born again now, today. Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you. I'm overwhelmed with just your love because when you read this passage, all it was was just a conversation of love with Nicodemus. 
you told him immediately he must be born again because you you knew his condition, you knew his state, you knew his position, you knew that he didn't have you, you knew his lack of happiness, his no joy, no peace in his life, and you wanted him to have the peace, the joy that comes from knowing you. And so you spent time with this man, and you told him about the Father's love, and you impressed upon him. And later in the book, it talks about how this man defended you. Nicodemus' life changed, I think, that day. And when you were buried, he was there as well. I think the man was converted that day because you spent time with him and you told him the love story, God's love story. Pray today, Lord, that the love story would affect a life We all must be born again. Now we we ask, though, right now, that if the Spirit has talked to someone and you want to be born again, that right now you say it. You put your hand up and you say, I truly want to be born again. You have an opportunity. He loves you, doesn't care, doesn't pressure, doesn't push doesn't make us do anything, but is there anybody here today that would just say, I want to be born again? Put your hand up and say, I want to be born again. You don't have to say anything. Just your hand up. Amen. Praise God, sister. It's simple, isn't it? He loves us so much. He says, do you want to be born again? Do you? Put your hand up right now. Nobody's watching. Just put your hand up and I want to be born again. I see your hand. Anybody else? You must be born again or you will not see or enter the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we thank you. We praise you and we pray for this lady, this young lady. That you would change your life. And anyone here, Lord, that has been nudged, Lord, that you continue to nudge them throughout the night. That you would nudge them until they get on their knees. And they confess and they repent and they turn. And we love you. And we praise you. And we thank you for all that you do. And all that you're doing in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen.